0: I'm Kim Perlac, and this is Coffee Talk.
1: Hello and welcome again to the official podcast of the Guitar Department at Berklee College of Music. My name's Ian, and we have a special episode of Coffee Talk for you this week with the four of us here in the Guitar Department staff, Kim Perlac, Cheryl Bailey, Ben Cody, and myself. We talk about what it will be like coming back to campus full time after being remote and hybrid for the last year and a half. There's a lot of great insights for the incoming class, for the folks who've only attended Berkeley in a remote or hybrid format, and of course for all the folks who will be joining us again this fall. As always, a lot of this content will also be available on YouTube, and we have a ton of other great content on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. So give us a like and a subscribe on whatever platform you use. Here's our welcome back to campus edition of Coffee Talk.
0: Hi, everybody. I'm Kim Perlack. I'm the chair of the guitar department, Berkeley College of Music, and welcome to a special edition of our Coffee Talk. We're here with uh, Cheryl Bailey, assistant chair, as usual. Hey, Cheryl. Coffee cheers. Coffee cheers. Um, Ian Steed, our senior coordinator, is here today. Hey, Ian hey everybody and ben cody our coordinator of the department is here today hey ben you have to say hi ben Oh it's <laughs> listening Cut out.
2: Sorry. <laughs> hi
0: hey ben it's good to see you
2: good to be here yeah he
0: obviously has not had enough coffee yet that's yeah a see ben that's the thing because ben is a hydrator right as a rock guitar yeah. player yeah, and uh, it always opts for the water, but sometimes that caffeine pulls you through, you know, you may have to you may have to reconsider, Ben.
3: I, I might have to. <laughs> yeah.
0: um, so this is our special edition back to fall, back to campus coffee talk. Um, and so we wanted to take some time today and welcome all of the students back to campus um, and, you know, spend some time thinking a little bit about the remote campus and congratulate all of you for all the work that you did there and and then also kind of look ahead and let you know what to expect coming back um, where we'll all be in the fall in just a few weeks so i think first of all i wanted to say what a tremendous job everyone did when you were remote and hybrid Um, we heard so many great projects we had film score sessions going we had vocal accompaniment sessions going We had all kinds of things happening all over campus and the way that people pulled together, worked on their individual skills, worked on their technology skills, the way that you all just really adapted to another way of learning and also making your own music, I think was really impressive. Um, Cheryl, is there something that stood out to you in particular? I think um, we all learned a lot about technology
2: in terms of even pre-hybrid um, that I I know we're going to be using moving forward in the industry. So um, those are really powerful skills, I think, for students of all levels and all places, and whether they're starting
0: out in their career or they've been playing for a while. You know, one thing we, we talk about all the time is this idea of, like, how do you balance going deeper and deeper into your own skill set on your instrument and then applying it? and being adaptable to whatever comes, not knowing what will come. And I think this was, I mean, really one of the most extreme examples of having to do that. And, and I think so many times, one thing that worries us is when we hear people say, oh, well, I'm going into technology, or I'm going into production, or I'm going into this other field or music business, and I don't really need these skills on the instrument. And I think what we saw more and more of was being alone And having to really work on your part and your playing and your skill set, it caused a lot of people to do some pretty deep self-reflection and some deep practicing and maybe finding parts of their skill set on their instrument that they didn't know they had as a musician and an artist. And then watching them see how applicable that personal work on your instrument is to everything you want to do. And so some of the best ensemble players I saw become really great solo guitar players. And some of the great players who didn't think that maybe technology was for them, dove into that and they made beautiful videos and, and tracked some gorgeous projects and got into Logic and got into Finale or other music writing software and uh, really realized like, oh, I do have the ears to be a producer and so much of that does come back to what I wanna do on the instrument. Maybe I've been self-limiting in my mind. So. With I thought, Tim. I think too. Also, on that, in t- terms of your tone and
2: your sound and how you're approaching, oftentimes, until you really hear yourself, you know, if you were if you were working on tracks for your ensemble, or, you know, for instance, you'd really get a chance to listen to your own sound in a different way that you probably didn't before. And I think those are important. Also, just playing with click tracks and things like that that whether you're you're in the studio you definitely need to do that in the studio a lot of times but also just in your own playing just working on making sure you're in time you sound good and you're on time (laughs) in time and on time you know those are all things that I think for a lot of people was really oh wow okay I gotta I have to deal with this so I think those are are really important um places in our playing that we need to develop all the time, become aware of, I think.
0: I think that's great. And it reminds me, Ian, of something you had said, because even though you're an alum and, and you um, you are a, a full-time member of our staff in the guitar department, you've also continued to develop. And I remember one time you were talking about how when when ensembles are live and when you're playing with people who, especially when you feel like they are a little more advanced than you, And I know this from experience too, you go to the class and you kind of absorb yourself into that environment and you let the environment and the playing in real time kind of take care of some of the things that you feel are your gaps. But now in the pandemic, you couldn't do that. You had to come up with your part. We all did our part for every project we were in and that goes for me and for Cheryl and for Ben and for Ian and really address the things that are gaps and think about like what part of this is musical What part of this is non-musical? What part of this is just my own fear or insecurity of not wanting to address this? And it could be tone or time or fretboard knowledge or just familiarity with the skill. Because that part that you came back with, as Cheryl said, had to be on it. It couldn't be like, oh yeah, let's do that again. and See if we got it enough in the mix. It had to be nailed. And I think um, that forced a lot of us, as it does all the time in our lives, to come to terms with, you know, strengths and weaknesses. And Ian, I wonder if you had an experience to share in that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's the thing is that you like maybe one of the benefits <clears throat> of all of the uh downsides that, you know, we know and have experienced in the last like year and a half, but one of the benefits is how naked your playing is by yourself. And although all these students who've been at Berkeley now for maybe three or four semesters completely remote like that's a long time like a lot of these students have had a lot of their berkeley time completely remote so far um but one of the upsides is that you do have that real honest sort of um assessment of your own playing and you know it's really easy to like hang out with some friends and Bang out some tunes, and it feels really good. And it's gonna feel great when people are back in person and doing it again. But you know that honest self reflection is is really powerful. One thing, I, actually. So sorry, you go.
0: Oh no, no, you go.
1: Um, there was one thing that really blew my mind, actually, on that topic, which was the student showcases last spring was such a highlight. We had student showcases. We usually have these concerts that we do on campus that are curated by faculty. There's like a a funk night, there's um, a rock night, there's a metal night, there's a jazz and blues night, and all of these things had to be a remote. And there were a ton of these really incredible performances that students had recorded and played and put together entirely through all these like Uh, you know, means that they had at home to put together these performances. And they actually ended up being incredible, right? Both the playing as well as like the production, both in the sound and some of them had some kind of video to go with it. And like the students really meeting that challenge, I think means that when they come back and start playing with other people, they're going to be playing at a much higher level, you know?
0: I agree. I mean, the classical fingerstyle night debuted in the pandemic. That's right. And you could see it in the same exact thing that you're describing happened in that too. And if anyone listening wants to hear them, you can go to our YouTube, uh, Berkeley Guitar Department, and you can find the playlist of the student showcase concerts, and you can hear what we're talking about. Um, I just wanted to make a comment. I was excited about what you were saying that I think it is that word that you use where you feel naked when you play solo as a person who's always played solo. It's also this beautiful opportunity to get to know who you are again, over and over again, to really get to know who you are as an artist. And instead of feeling like you have to keep living up to something that you're copying or you're trying to chase, you could start to get this sense of instead, like what if you became your own favorite guitar player and you just got curious about what you wanted to sound like? and what you would need to learn to get there. And I saw a lot of people make that leap. It wasn't like a judgment like, "Oh my god, I I feel just so exposed and and I'm judging myself all the time." It it started to shift in their mind like, "Well, if this is what I have to work with, these solo tools, what do I want to sound like? What would that mean? What do I have to work on? Is it triads? Is it dyads? Is it, you know, extended harmonies? Is it tone? Is it what? Is, what is it?" And that's really exciting because that's where creativity can really explode and um what i want to know ben is so you had tons of time where you had to practice alone you have a band (laughs) yeah you have a band that goes on the road so but instead of rehearsing with them you did a lot of this practice thing that we're all talking about and i'm wondering now that you have played live gigs again do you feel a difference in yourself when you play because you did that kind of self exploration and you're practicing.
3: Well, absolutely. I mean, it was just, you know, I mean, obviously, I, I was uh, I was furloughed for for a good portion of 2020, so I, I had a lot a lot of time to to practice and, and um, you know, maybe did an album we released and all that. But uh, yeah, no, I mean, w- when you have time to just like you said, just uh, practice on your own. I mean, it, it's it's kind of a funny. Uh, concept you know you know being being a, a former student at berkeley was, you know when, when you come into berkeley it's like you almost have less time to practice because you're so busy with, with everything it's like this was kind of an opportunity i think for a lot of people to kind of fill into that gap and be able to you know not really have anywhere to go necessarily and be able to just practice and and it's definitely um not only led to you know, more musical uh successes i think for, for my band but um you know, the big thing that i think that was a, an opportunity for me during the pandemic was really exploring uh, technology and social media because uh, it, it showed how connected you can still stay with the world um you know i mean just imagine if, if this pandemic happened like 25 years ago <laughs> how much different it would be but it was just a matter of being able to still stay connected with everyone and um you know i was able to really build my my social media following on instagram um just from doing live streams you know i just what i would do is I, i'd you know set up a live stream on my phone and i'd play the backing tracks and the cool thing was i could actually interact with you know the hundred or so people that that are watching me whereas at a concert when you're on stage you know people can be yelling stuff at you you know or you you know <laughs> for, for, for worst. but um and it's like you can't really respond that much, but when when you have people actually commenting and writing things on a live stream, you can, you know, asking you, oh, you know, what what are you using for, for an amp tonight, or you know, how come you, you play that note like that, or things, and you can actually, you know, interact with with, with people, really more than you can in a live situation. So that was something that, that was kind of, guess, counterintuitive for me, but um, you know, really uh, was a good opportunity to, to have. And it's, it's definitely translated, I think, into my band's live performances now that, that I have a different perspective of how to, how to interact better with, with, uh, with the audience.
0: You know, I think that we're making a list here kind of, of what to keep moving forward. And I, I think that you mentioned something that, that is also true to acknowledge, that you were furloughed for a while and that was very stressful. And I think um, some people had time. Some people felt like they're pretty secure. Some people felt like they're completely insecure financially with the health of family members, with just what's going on in in the world in your country in your neighborhood and your community. Um, Some of us, I think there are days where I just felt like I'm working harder than I've ever worked. I I haven't touched a guitar. There are days where I felt like I don't even want to look at a guitar, but I think, the perspective is what's good to keep in terms of like can you step back a little bit from what you're doing and and let yourself self-reflect on on what you want to build for yourself and let yourself be open to the idea that you're building a foundation on your instrument and you will have to adapt to all kinds of different situations and so I think if you had a chance to do a lot of the things that we're talking about that's fantastic and you can think about what you want to keep And if you didn't have a chance to do that, like what kind of foundation do you want to set moving forward for your playing and for your practice time? And then if there are skills that you didn't get a chance to develop or you want to develop more in terms of technology, now you have all of these resources at the school because all of the faculty took time to work on their social media chops, to work on their technology chops, to work on their logic chops. And now we have resources at the school that can help you. So you could walk in on the first day and say, I want to get better at logic. And someone will be able to say, okay, that's, we have something for that. Whereas maybe before the pandemic, there might've been a waiting list. It wouldn't have been as easy to get in. So I think if we can keep that idea that, you know, you're, you're creating a deep foundation on your instrument for yourself, that can be adapted to different things that you want to be open to technology and what social media can bring and the connections that you can build through that. Through our department and then on your own and then things like Cheryl what you were saying like be on time. You couldn't not be on time for zoom because then you would miss the boat it's not like you can knock on the door and, and plead for someone to open the door and let you in. you, you were there or you weren't there. Faculty said above, across the board, no problems with attendance and everybody was on time be on time be a little bit early to every lesson that every class. Really be conscious when you make your schedule. Are you stacking things? Do you have time to get from building to building? And make sure you're there. Don't be the person that walks in 15 minutes late and disrupts the class. All the projects had to be on time and had to be done because you couldn't just show up and say, oh, I didn't write it down. I forgot to bring my chart. I'm just going to play. You couldn't do that on Zoom. So what could you follow through with that would make it better. I mean, Cheryl, did you experience that in your classes too? That like the projects were just super on top of it? Cause that's what I felt. Yeah, yeah. Everything was probably the most on time
2: ever, <laughs> <laughs> which is good for everybody. It's, it's good for, we need, I mean, you know, you think about college being in college is really, uh, it's a training ground. Right? For the real world, you can't show up to your gig late. I mean, you know, if you want to keep your gig, that is. <laughs> and you got to be prepared for your gig, right? If you want to keep it. So um, these are the things we, you can learn here. But I, you know, definitely during the pandemic, everyone's on time. But, you know, I was going to say about, you know, Ben was talking about the social media thing. We developed uh, for our department this incredible um, virtual campus, which will keep going. Um, and we have those jam tracks that faculty um, contributed, which are for the whole community to use to work on your proficiency. So I guess we have all the mo- modes of the major scale and, all, and melodic minor, jazz melodic minor. But anyway, that was something that we never had before, which was really great. So hope everyone will go there and make use of that, including All of the uh, coffee top episodes to get to know the faculty that particularly if you're new, you're not returning. You haven't met them in person.
0: Right. Yeah, let's talk about that for a minute, because (laughs) usually we have an entering class or around 250 students. Right. And this time there are five entering classes coming in, people who have never come to campus like you've been at Berkeley, but you haven't been on campus. And there is that moment, you know, that's why in coffee talk, when we talk to people, we always say like, what was your first moment on campus? Like, because every single one of us has that moment where you walk on a campus and you have that, just that awareness of, whoa, okay. It feels overwhelming because there's so much energy there. That's great energy. And yet it, it's very overwhelming. And a lot of people in our community are going to be experiencing that for the first time. And then everybody honestly is experiencing it. I felt that way, like having been away for, you know, we had been in and out over the year, but, you know, to come back each time after not making it a routine. You know, it still feels like, wow, you know, this is a lot of energy to come back to. So I think acknowledging that is really important. And I think, um, you know, I, I play in a duo with one of my closest friends and we hung out for a couple of days because it's finally safe, we're vaccinated, we were able to hang out together. And um, it was weird, you know, to be talking about music together in the same room. And then the idea of playing together was really overwhelming because it's so much, it's so different. And we had met on Zoom every week for about four hours to keep up our music, keep up our conversations and our ideas, but actually sitting with someone who you're, exchanging music with or learning from and or learning from is a very powerful thing in person. And I want to acknowledge that for everybody that hasn't been doing it for a long time, when you feel if you feel nervous about that, if you feel apprehensive, if you feel just the excitement and the power of that, that's a real thing. That's a big deal. Um, and it, it was uh, it was surprising to me. I mean, did you all feel that when you first played with friends again when you first? or if you first sat down for a lesson with a friend, how did that feel to you?
2: Well, yeah, I mean, it was, what you're saying is very true and and I, so we do have our incoming folks who have, you know, again, maybe have been here for a couple of semesters, but have not been on campus. And we have a lot of folks coming in, so it's gonna be very populated. Um, and of course our returning students but everybody has been in these situations where we've been isolated to different degrees so so yeah it is very pow- powerful i mean even just thinking about being around a lot of people again but you know then we're exchanging music and and um being creative together so i yeah i think i think everyone is going to know what we're if, if they haven't experienced it yet, they're going to know what we're talking about. What about you guys? What do you guys think about that?
3: I mean, again, I, I think it's a positive experience, <laughs> not, not necessarily a uh, you know, a, a um, nervous one, at least at least the way I, that's why I see it. Um, you know, it, it's kind of like, you know, the, the finish line is kind of in sight now, whereas, you know, we, we kind of all all uh, you know had, like Cheryl said, different degrees of um, isolation, and you know we're finally getting back now. Getting back to, I mean, we're, we're musicians, you know. That's what we do. I mean, music's at its best when it's collaboration. Art, I think, is at its best when it's collaboration. At least in my opinion, and uh, the fact that you know we, we had to deal with you know over a year of, of not having that. Now it's finally back. So I think there's this. I feel like. There's probably a lot of pent-up creativity, I think, in in all of us that, um, you know, I'm looking forward to see, you know, maybe some new albums coming out from from, uh, different people and, and, you know, a lot lot of new performances and and just um, getting excited to see what what everyone has to to say and has to to create.
1: Yeah, I don't know about y'all, but when first couple of times I played with folks... It was like a head trip, (laughs) like, cause I had been playing to recordings. I had been playing to my own recordings. I had been playing by myself for so long that when I got together with some folks and was just like call a tune and playing, I remember it like blowing my mind, like the sound and the fullness and like the stuff I was doing, the stuff they were doing. And then all of a sudden I was like aware of it and it was just like, I don't know, hit me like a ton of bricks, like, holy crap, this is really, (laughs) I don't know about y'all, but I had a pretty powerful experience.
0: Yeah, and I think this is a good time to point out to everyone who's a student who's coming back, and maybe even everyone who's a faculty member coming back, you are meant to be here. Like, we know that you're meant to be here. And you're also meant to be here to learn and to grow. And so it's not a thing like you have to come and prove that you're meant to be here. When you come on campus, just come and, you know, you're gonna have this experience that we're talking about that's powerful and that, you know, there's not a precedent for it. No one else has ever done this. No one's ever continued their college education in a global pandemic in modern times. Well, last time this happened, there was not an electric guitar situation. There was barely a classical <laughs> guitar situation in the modern sense of the world, right? You know, like modern classical guitars were only only a couple decades old at that time, right? So um, it's a whole new experience for everybody. And, uh, it's, and when you feel the way we're talking about, I think it's just to re- take a deep breath and remember that everybody feels that way. And so as you're getting ready to come back, I think as Cheryl mentioned, like jump into the virtual campus, like go back through Coffee Talk, get to know the different teachers, jump on YouTube, play along with some tracks, and then know that we're going to keep building things. We're going to keep putting resources on the website that you can practice um, and just kind of, just let yourself breathe as you practice and just sort of get a sense, be in touch with us. um, If you have questions about people, and we're going to keep putting stuff out so that you can start to feel more and more like you're back in the flow. Um, and then we can talk about kind of registration and have some practical things because you do have to sign up for class. You do have to start to wrap your head around that part of coming back and you're all great at doing it in a remote way and in a hybrid way. So. For the fall, I think maybe it's a good idea to kind of take people through a few specifics um, about coming back to campus. We could start with registration, then we can actually talk about some things that are gonna happen on the physical campus. Um, So I think the first thing in terms of registration is that most of you who are returning have already been picking classes, but some of you might not have all of your classes picked. And um, what I think is really important to think about is if you have open credits, Really take a look at all the labs, which are ILGT, take a look at the ensembles in the guitar department, ENGT, and take a look at um, if you're a performance major or if you have performance concentrates, look at the classes that are called PSGT. If you have questions, you're going to talk to us about it. You can take as many labs as you want, and we are really proud of our lab program because it's hundreds of labs, and they focus on almost anything you can think of. Um, the faculty have thought of to create a small group environment so that you can really dig into some different things, and this is how you can diversify your playing. Um, the labs and the ensembles that I teach I love are there I develop them they're like the things that I most love to teach and I think Cheryl feels that way and all the faculty feel that way. Um, I get more excited about those classes than almost anything else because it's just a chance to be with a small group of all of you and be really creative. And so I think go in there and choose as many as you can to fill up your open hours. And if you have want some guidance on it, you can talk to us. A lot of times it's one of those of the things where you're hanging out and they're like, someone's like, oh, I do this class, it's so cool. And now we don't have that. We don't have that hang right now. So you can feel free to hang with us and take some chances too and just pick some stuff that looks cool. Um, Cheryl, what do you think about that, labs and ensembles?
2: I think think the labs are incredible because, as you say, there's hundreds of them. They are all creations of our faculty based on something that they are very passionate about and something they've gotten very deep in and had this quest to develop curriculum around it. So I think it's an incredible opportunity to be in a small setting. with people that are experts and, and enthusiastic experts. Um, and also, but, you know, also I encourage people to think they don't also, they don't have to, it could be something new, let's put it that way. Right. So for instance, you know, like we have, a um, you know, some country guitar labs, maybe you're a rocker or you're a jazz player, or you play classical, don't be afraid to take because that's where you're going to get a chance to sit next to somebody like Guy Van Duzer or Bobby Stanton or Lyle Brewer, who could, you know, kind of take you under their wing, so to speak, and introduce you to something. So I think that's, that's what to me is amazing about the lab program is that we, the stylistic diversity is off the hook. And it's real. I don't, I can't think of any place in the world where you can do that, where you could be cured. And and on the same other side of that, if you're really passionate already about that topic, you can, you know, go there and get really deep. So it's open for people at all levels of experience with it. Um, But it is a place where you can go deep. So definitely explore them.
0: I love that because I think that in the end we all become This just, our playing is a mixture of all of our influences. And you know, there are friends of mine that I have and they love one thing, that's what they really love. If you go a little deeper and you talk to them, they're saying, yeah, but you know that, even that one love was enhanced by trying other things that were a complement to that. Um, For me, I think it was bringing different things together in my own way. And I think you can do that, like if you're a composer Or if you're an improviser, you could take a songwriting lab, you could take spontaneous composition, you could take modern writing, then you could take studio skills. Right. If you are a country player, you could turn around and take bebop lines with Cheryl Bailey, because maybe bringing those together. It's not like no one's ever done that before, but maybe you'll do it in your own way. So it's different than like the way Jerry Reed did it or different than other players that, you know, Uh, we had a great player one time, I'm going to say his name because he's an alum. Um, his name is Rupam Garg, and I remember he came in the first week or so. He, was, he said, I want to mix, I have this idea. I want to mix like jazz and fusion and metal and classical. And I said, Okay, like you can do that. And he did, and he has this beautiful project called Dark. You can look it up online. It's his own music. And when you listen to it, you can say, Oh, yeah, I can kind of hear all these things, but he put them together in his own way that's unique to him. And I think, um, That's what's really cool to me about labs, too. And if you don't know what way to go, that's a good time to just shoot us an email as a quartet and say like, hey, I want to talk about some different labs. I have this idea I want to do. That's true if you're a pro music major. And you're trying to get your approved specialized electives together for your concentrate or if you're a songwriting major, or even if you're going into some something else like music business or music education or music therapy. We have some links like you wouldn't guess necessarily that maybe something like spontaneous composition links to music therapy, but it does or anything that because honestly, when you're in music therapy or when you're in music education, you are the vehicle for that. So taking a funk guitar lab and getting great at it might be a great vehicle for your music ed work. Right. And there are so many great teachers that you can get to know in your um, just by looking through all of these resources that we have and then kind of pick a lab. That's a nice way to get to know someone. I also want to say this about this great lab that I love that I think scares people. It's called Creative Applications of the Proficiency. Right. And Cheryl, you're making that face that. Yeah, that is I think it's a terrifying title. But man, what a great lab, because we all know. Well, we could talk about the proficiency for a minute, Um, what a core that is for your musical life. And that's a great class that's taught by Julian Casper that just really shows you here some direct applications of some of these things where you think, what am I using that for? You know, and then you see it and it pops up maybe in an unexpected way. Cheryl, what's your take on, on that kind of thing, on how the lab program and your playing and your private lesson kind of interacts with the data kind of of the proficiencies that that everyone has to work on?
2: Well, first of all, and particularly for folks that are going to be new to the program, the proficiency, which is our fancy word for the final exam, but the reason why we call it the proficiency is because all these mad geniuses of the guitar, all these mad scientists of the guitar department over the years from Mick Goodrick and Larry Bayonne and William Levitt and Rick Peckham. I mean, there's so many folks that have contributed. Uh, What we feel are the skills to be proficient, I mean, on the guitar in any style. So these are things that are universal musical concepts. And I often think of it as not, not only to be proficient, but to become excellent and to be a professional musician on all those levels. So, you know, cause people are always curious about that. So that, you know, to, I think in like Julian's lab, of the case of that is that these things are all universal ideas to all styles of music. So. You might not, it might not hit you. For instance, maybe a lot of rock players don't understand about, oh, what about, well, how am I gonna use the jazz melodic minor? We're called melodic minor. Often it's called jazz melodic minor because you might not know of, be aware because there are lots of musical applications where it's in your music, but you no one pointed it out to you. So that's what it's about is pointing out those points of how all of these things are in your musical world, but maybe you weren't aware of it. And then how are you going to take it? Well, to be able to recognize it in the world of music, but also how can you take it for your own creativity? So,
0: yeah, I really like that explanation. I, I do feel like it's such a core. Everyone thinks of the final exam and the proficiency is something I have to pass by the end. But if everyone could shift their thinking about that, And just think like these are the essential elements of of really materials and data that they're the building blocks of everything. And if you want to create your own sound and you can master the proficiencies, you're never going to master them. But if you can dig into the proficiencies, dig into those tests and then start to look for where they apply to all the music that you're playing and then think about how you would use them in your own music add that to working on your tone and working on your technique. Yeah. And
2: Kim, I wanted to add, we should add into that, that, um, we
0: offer tutoring. Yes. I was just about to say that it kind of comes (laughs) down right to wellness. Like, are you taking care of your, of your instrument of your foundation on your instrument? And then are you taking care of your body and your mind as you're going through this? Right. So like we're reminding people like it's okay to feel apprehensive and nervous to come back as you're feeling excited. And we'll talk about some of the resources we have uh, for just your overall wellness in a minute. Um, And now we're talking about like, how do you take care of your musicianship on the instrument? And we do, we have tutoring that's available every week and it's free to you if you're a student and it's our full-time faculty offer their time. So you just sign up by email, you can go um, for half an hour or an hour, and work on some of this data and its applications. I think it's really great. Um, I think that um, doing that gives you another perspective from another teacher, and um, and it's something like I mean, <laughs> I feel like I want to carve out my own time to do it. You know, like part of my duo is a lesson swap, and there's just a lot of times where it's like, well what do I really want to go deeper in on the fretboard to write more music like X, Y, or Z? Or when I improvise, this comes out, but the, you know it's always the same type of intervals or the same type of rhythms. Like how would I go back in there and work on that stuff? And you could bring those questions to someone or, or you could just say like, I'm having a really hard time with the triads of level three and just bring it in um, and go into your tutoring like that. So in addition to your lessons, which include your, your final exam materials. Some of you have recital prep lessons, you have labs, you have ensembles. There's tutoring. We also have a clinic series. We'll have different faculty members doing clinics. Um, we all have we have uh, recorded clinics on the um, YouTube that you can go take a look at. If you wanna brush up and jump into a clinic, we have one on rhythm, we have one on performance ear training. Um, we have um, Tosin Abasi is up, right? And Rez Abasi, I believe. Um, So there's a few that get you started, so we'll be, uh, faculty will be offering those throughout the semester. Um, And uh, we have the faculty recital coming up so that you can, you know, get to know people and through their playing and sort of just watch them go through this playing concert in the beginning of the semester, as you may be playing at the end, and that is going to be on September 29th, it's a Wednesday and we'll have several of our faculty playing on our series called uh, Solo Duo Night. And if you wanna get a preview of that, the previous two solo duo nights um, are on our website as, and I think of several years back are actually on there.
2: Yeah, there's a, there are long reels of past ones and then we have excerpts from last time we were at David Friend together. So you get a sense yeah. of what that looks like and sounds like.
0: Yeah, and those are great because we're, I mean, really in it together with everybody. Everybody's out there just jumping up and and playing something, and um, we hope that you will take that kind of chance too and let us hear you. Um, I think it might be good to, to just to talk a little bit about our faculty, Cheryl. Like, we've got everyone coming back except for a few notable folks who have retired in our last couple of years. Um, And we've got some new faces too on the faculty. We've got four new faculty members joining us, which is pretty big for the guitar department. Um, We've got two part-time faculty have become full-time. In addition to that, David Gilmore has um, become full-time on our jazz faculty and Berta Rojas on our classical faculty has become full-time. And uh, so they will have extra projects that they'll be um, contributing to the department as part of their full-time work with us. Um, David is also active in the global jazz program, which many of you may be interested in. So we have our institutes. Ian, in a minute, you could talk about our institute experiences, because Ian is really involved with the Roots program at Berkeley. Um, and then we've got some new folks. Um, Cheryl, you want to talk about the new folks a little bit? Yeah, we have, um,
2: we have um, some really, they're great guitar players and they're great educators. Um, Nir Felder is going to join us, um, in, he is an alum, I'm sure if you listen to any contemporary jazz and pop, you've heard him play, um, he was actually one of my students, his last year at Berkeley, but I didn't teach him very much, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he was already, he was already pretty much playing very well by then, um, so Near will be with us, um, we have, uh, Nate Radley, also a great guitarist. I've worked with, uh, in New York. Um, he's a great jazz, modern jazz player, and he does a lot of film scoring. So you can ask him questions about that. And also he's into some country guitar. So he'll be developing some, some interesting labs for us. I know in the future, probably about, around all those topics, if you're interested in that. Um, and, uh, a friend of mine I recorded with and and actually we were introduced to each other from um, the late great Jim Hall, the jazz guitarist Jim Hall. We were both friends with Jim Hall. And that's Chris Bergson, who is also a, studied with Jim Hall as a kid and is an excellent jazz guitarist, but a really, really great traditional blues player and songwriter. So he's really done his work back in the roots of Delta blues and early blues. Um, so he's gonna share that with you, but also uh songwriting and you know, being an uh independent artist, right? He's been had a very successful career developing that. And then um last but not least at all is Cecil Alexander, um who's gonna be joining us, also alum, uh great jazz guitarist, and um was one of the finalists in the very most recent, used to be called the Thelonious Monk Competition, but now it's the Herbie Hancock Institute um, Jazz Composition uh, Competition, which is, um, whoo, I mean, to make it to the end of that, you got to play. <laughs> and so, and yeah, no, you,
0: you would know about that from experience. Oh, yes. yeah. I was one of the
2: finest <laughs> of the Thelonious Monk ones. Um, so yeah, so so that's exciting. We've got some new faces and and a lot of firepower from all of them on a lot of different topics so make sure you check them out and add them to your schedule if you're looking for a teacher in any of those ideas or styles we got them
0: i i love that and um and our faculty who are back a lot of you have already signed up for the teachers that you know that's fantastic um we're so thrilled that that everyone's back um what i love about the the new faculty coming in is it's sort of representative of of our current faculty in every way and and the people who were alums are remembered for, for so many things as students just as much as their accomplishments i think that you know when we were asking you know for references so many things were about like oh, this person was totally on top of it. They were such a great student. They were asked a ton of questions. They came to every office hour. They were like really kind to all the people in the ensembles. They were just a natural student and and wanted, and they are just pushing themselves to practice. And I, I think it reminded me because I I knew Near Felder as a young student and um, I was here when Cecil graduated, it reminded me that, You know all of you who are working so hard who don't think you're being noticed just know in the back of your mind that you are being noticed that that people do see the good work that you're doing and the good playing that you're doing and and um and all of that works and maybe in ways you can't see when you're a student um to make you the player that you'll be and um and so i think it's really cool to have these folks join us on our great faculty um I wanna say that our guitar office is open. Ben, you are in there right now. I can see that you're in there. I am,
3: yeah, you can can almost see my yellow wall behind me.
0: (laughs) That's right. And so um, tell them a little bit about what kinds of resources await in the guitar office.
3: Well, we always have our uh, work studies um, at the front desk. So if you're looking for an on-campus employment, you can, Definitely hit us up about that because we'll usually are hiring at the beginning of, of the semester. Um, you know we have everything from cables to guitars uh, if if you need them. Um, we have a guitar library, or guitar um that uh, you can uh, lend a guitar if if you need it. Um, usually with a teacher's permission um, in case something happens where you know you're you're in a class or you know in a recital or something and you break a string or something happens where your guitar's not working. We we have uh, plenty of options here to to help get you through that, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and uh, if you ever have any issues with, you know, class schedules or anything as far as that goes, uh, Ian and myself, the the coordinators, we can, we can always assist you here um, with any questions you have. And um, we're trying to try to try to make your experience the best as possible for you on our end.
0: We've tried to think of everything that you might need. So if you break a string, If you have a guitar issue, like if your guitar breaks, we have a person we can call Wolf and he can help you get it fixed. We have a broken string emergency box of good strings. If you need a string, we've got cables and microphones and all those kinds of things. We have- um, We have some
2: pedals now too.
0: We've got some pedals, yeah.
2: Manuscript paper.
0: Ah, manuscript paper. All those kinds of things, office supplies. And you know, we were famous for having a snack bar. Many of you don't know this, but the few who know, know. And we've just been talking about in in our time of being a little safer, um, we, we may have a to-go snack bar, I think is what's going to happen in September. Individually wrapped snacks that you can get from our table, maybe outside instead of inside um, the office. Come up and grab a snack and take it with you is I think is what we're going to be doing until we can um, be back together again, moving, moving through. Um, also, when Cheryl and I get invited to meetings where there's food, all the leftovers come up to the guitar office. So to keep your keep your nose, to the, keep your ear to the the, you know, to the wind there and, and see if there's any administrative meetings. And if there is, you can pretty much guarantee that that food's coming upstairs with us. Um, when that's done. That's already happened the first time. (laughs) Um, In fact, it leads us to one thing we wanted to mention. We have a new president of the college um, and at her reception, all of the food that came um, from a meet and greet reception with our new president ended up uh, going home with our work study. So um, everybody was really excited (laughs) to meet the new president (laughs) for that reason alone. Um, But uh, our new president is Dr. Erica Mull. And she's a pianist and she's a conductor and a composer. And um, she comes from the University of Southern California. And Cheryl and I got to meet with her and talk with her about stuff at the college and also hang out a little bit. Um, She's a great composer. Um, I particularly love her CD that that came out of her chamber music. And there's a solo piano piece that is one of my favorite things that she wrote. so it's really great. It's really gonna be fun. She loves the guitar and is wanting to learn more about it, to write for it herself. And so I think she'll be hanging around a lot. And I hope that's true. Um, Cheryl, what was your impression of meeting our new president? I I'm just really excited um
2: for her vision and her her dedication to musicianship and learning and um making that the focus of of what we do is about music right learning and exploring music so i know that um you know there's gonna be a lot of great stuff programming and and hopefully we'll be able to have more space and places to play and all of that so i i think it's great i i feel very optimistic that's cool
0: yeah It's so many things to list on the list of being excited about things. Um, And we haven't even gotten into all the resources at the college that we can help connect you with through the institutes. I mentioned Berkeley Global Jazz. There's the American Roots Institute. There's Jazz and Gender Justice. Really excited that there's going to be a new institute called the Music and Health Institute, which I've been involved with and a few of our faculty have been involved with. that I think is going to have some really cool programs, so we've really tried to think of everything in the guitar department to get you where you want to go, and and also maybe to help you find some avenues you didn't know you wanted to go down. And so I just um, I'd like to say, um, come to the office, have a snack, ask some questions, meet some folks. As Ben was saying, apply to work in the guitar office if you want to. We'd love to have you, you know, get involved as much as you can and give stuff a try. Um, Your faculty are so thrilled to have you back or to meet in person for the first time. And the new faculty are really excited to jump in with you. So um, that's what I would say. Like, just grab your instrument, try to look at it in a new way. Try to get to know as much as you can before you jump in. and And then we'll all be in there together before you know it. Ian, what do you think? What What's your advice?
1: I think when people come back, it you know, you're just going to be so excited and just like the feeling there is just going to be a lot of excitement and sort of maybe a little bit of overwhelm. But like, you know, things are just going to start happening. You know what I mean? To just sort of plunge yourself right into it and let it sort of take you you know because that's how it feels when you get at berkeley and like at least it was when we went in person you know ben and i as students that you just go in and then all of a sudden things just you know you're just surrounded by so much music and to just you know Mm -hmm. let it take you you know
0: that's great what about you ben
3: i like i said i keep saying this is a real positive Thing. And, and then I know it might be kind of almost nervous you know it, you know, nerve-wracking for, for some students that um, you know have been part of Berkeley but not physically on campus but this but it's a real positive experience that we' we made it you know we can see the finish line we're going to be back you know with with our Berkeley community and um, like I said I, I think music is at its best when it's a collaboration and, and what better way than being really at the center of the music universe. <laughs> Mm -hmm. which is a Berkeley (laughs) College of Music.
0: Yeah. Cheryl, what about you? What do you have for advice?
2: Wow, Um, be curious always. And uh, well, I often say, those that ask the most questions get the most answers. So you're here to get something, to go somewhere. Obviously, you have a vision and a dream. So, um, you know, take take command of that and and don't be afraid to ask questions because, you know, sometimes people get nervous to ask a question or, oh, this is a stupid question or something like that doesn't exist really because um, usually you ask the question, probably a couple other people have the same question. And maybe they're a little shy, so you're helping them. But ultimately, you're helping yourself. And you might not even believe this is true. You actually are helping your teachers teach you better. Because a student comes and asks me a question. Ah, then I go, oh, okay. I see what, you know, I see who you are. I see where you want to go. I see what you, you need help with. And really, that's what we're here to do, is to help you get help you to get to those places that you dream about or, or want to improve in. So that's always my most heartfelt advice to everybody. Is be curious and ask questions and you'll get answers and keep asking until you get the answers. And you'll probably find too, that the more answers you get, the more questions you'll have. But that's that's the journey of it all in being an artist and a musician.
0: I think that's right. and And I think it's supposed to be hard. Like music is not easy and everybody comes here with this identity as you know that your musicianship is part of your identity, your instrument is part of our identity, especially with the guitar. I think I think we all kind of identify with it in a really personal way and it can be really hard and really shocking when the thing that usually is your escape or is your identity becomes a challenge. I think that's one of the hardest things and I, I think that's the reason that most people quit is because they think I just don't want this thing to be hard. I want this thing to be fun. And it's meant to be hard because you're working on yourself and you're working on something that's incredibly complicated. It's incredibly complicated and it's never not gonna feel that way. You know, you're gonna have these periods where you feel like really everything is flowing and then the next day you'll feel like, oh, I don't know anything about this instrument. I can't believe it. I, I've played it my whole life and it now it's betraying me. And I think it's good to know that everybody feels that way. And especially in college, you're really supposed to feel that way because you're specifically putting yourself in this insanely intense environment where you feel under the microscope sometimes. And then you feel like you really have to work on these skills that are hard that you may never get. And you feel like, what if people know that I'm not great at ear training? And the truth is, is nobody feels like they're great at ear training. You know, or something else. Like maybe I have a perfect pitch, but, but I don't know what a major third really is. I just know it's like... A to C sharp like I had a lot of friends with perfect pitch and it wasn't that you know everything made sense to them it just was a different strength right and you have this perception that if, if it's not easy then you're you're not worth it or you're not worthy of it and um and I think like that would be something I would say too is let that go and just come and work really hard and have a great time and get comfortable with that kind of asking questions and, and wanting to work hard on things and and that brings itself like its own joy, you know? Um, yeah. That's a lot of advice to put into one cup of coffee, everybody. Um, but hopefully if you're listening to this and you're coming back to Berkeley, you'll, you'll go back and listen to it and, it. and if you're thinking about coming here, um, it'll help you make you feel like um, there's a spot for you. So, yeah. Um, I think that's, I think that we got it. Does anybody else have anything else you want to throw in there for this coffee talk? Ian, what about you? Yeah,
1: I mean, I guess the last thing is just like, you know, all the things that we learned in the pandemic, whether it's, you know, different ways of practicing or social media. I mean, like we learned that the internet world, sort of the other side of it, we maybe before the pandemic, some of us, maybe myself, uh, you know, thought that that was, you know, a little bit like some other world, it's not the real world, but like, you know, we learned that when all your gigs, all your work, all your social life is moved to that world, you realize that is also the real world, encompasses that too. And we also see that like Ben is obviously such a success story about, you know, being able to do all of it, right? to do all the things here and then also do the things here and that they feed off each other, you know, so don't lose the things that you learned in the pandemic.
0: Yeah. And step-by-step, right. Our foundational core is going to be our relationship with instrument and with ourselves. And then you're just, we're just going to keep adapting. And if things change again, I feel like everybody has the foundation to adapt and, um, and as you're adapting back into the flow of the semester, just stay in touch with us, drop us a line, come have a snack, have a cookie, and we'll work out your schedule. Um, and, and give yourself some time to, to take a few deep breaths as you get ready to come back and take good care of yourself. And um, we'll see you all on campus, and then we'll be with you um, on the next Coffee Talk. So uh, goodbye, everybody. Thank you, Cheryl. Thank you, Ian. And thank you, Ben. And coffee cheers to everybody.